Welcome to the Greenway Outdoors podcast, your trusted source for outdoor information and entertainment. The Greenway Outdoors is also an internationally syndicated TV show and conservation advocate aimed at bringing millennials and Generation Z into the outdoors. Welcome to the Greenway Outdoors. The Greenway Outdoors is brought to you by Ram Trucks, built to serve Motor Trends Truck of the Year for the third year in a row. And by Bass Pro Shop and Cabela's, your adventure starts here. Tracker Boats, fish the finest. And by these other fine sponsors. Hello and welcome to episode 71 of the Greenway Outdoors podcast. My name is Kyle Green. Uh, and AJ. my position is that of executive producer. I'm just kidding. Go ahead, AJ. I already did it. Not doing I, it again. He, you, that's AJ. He's AJ. I'm Jeff. <laughs> I'm Ryan. And welcome to the Green Bay Outdoors podcast where we talk about everything hunting, fishing, outdoors, and current events. To kick it on off, Jeff's got some story. Taper your expectations because <laughs> <laughs> it's Jeff's story, and I don't know anything about it, so I can't comment. Lord knows I'll still do 50% of the talking without knowing anything on the topic, but it is rhino poaching. Go this ahead, Jeff. This is great because you do that for every single story <laughs> I ever have, so no one has high expectations, so it's great. I keep you low. People poached rhinos. It's crazy. Yeah. What's your story? No. <laughs> Did you raise your hand? Do you want me to go over it? All I saw was I, was... I was communicating with AJ without being on camera about how I want my headphones turned down. Oh, really? Yeah. But then everyone that was just. But like, now here you are. That's yep. a cool like behind the scenes. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> They're welcome. <laughs> Anyways, go ahead. Um, so there were uh, three poachers in South Africa in 2017 that shot at least three rhinos, and they were captured, and then just this month they were sentenced to a combined 105 years in prison. They done. Yeah. Combined, what does that mean? Between three people, like one got 35, one got 35, and one got 45. Okay. Well, that means they'll get out in this lifetime. Depending on their age. No, one guy was 40-some, one guy was 50-some, so they're, oh, yeah. that's pretty that's much a, it for them. Yeah. They're not going to have a good run. Yeah. They might get out and, you know, Try be again. elderly. What do, what do you do if you get out when you're, and I hope there's more to this story than that, but it, what, what do you do... When you get out of jail at 85, have you seen like, you, Shawshank you, Redemption? <laughs> I know yeah, I, yeah, that's actually, only one option. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I've actually never seen Shawshank Redemption. That's uh, exactly what you're explaining. The guy gets out, goes to his apartment, and kills himself. Oh, what yeah. else is left to do? Spoiler here? alert: Pr Prison life is all you know. Yeah, but why suffer now? through prison? Then why not just Hillary Clinton yourself in prison? There's no way to do it. Oh, man. I mean, I'm sure there's a way if you really, really, really wanted to. But well, that's what I'm saying. If you're like, you're going to suffer in prison every day and then get home and then be like, well, sweet you, relief. You live with the expectation that eventually you're going to get out and then things will go back to normal and whatever. But if you get out and you're 85, there's no going back to normal. Everyone you know is probably dead or doesn't oh, yeah. care much for you because you were in prison for 45 <laughs> years. <laughs> and I assume if you stay the whole time, you probably for sure did it. So. Most likely. That's a, that's a thirty five years is a tough sentence. That's, that's a long time. Tough right, to don't hear. get me wrong, I don't want rhinos poached, but thirty five years is a long sentence, right? Yeah. Don't, don't poach the things guy that with, are valuable. The guy with forty five was in uh got extra time because he was in the country illegally. He did it with a knife. No, <laughs> no, he was he was um what do you call it? He he was there illegally. He wasn't he was supposed an alien? to be in the country. Yeah. Oh, he was an alien. oh wow. So yeah. Doubling down. 
So he got 10 years more yeah. for being an alien? And and it's not even his home country, so now he's locked in another country? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. For an no extra thanks. 10 years? For Very North Korea. Years. How crappy would it be to go like on a guided hunt and that happens? Oh. Where you think you're doing everything right? <laughs> it's just one big scam? That one, yeah, that one dentist guy? Well, that's, that's that what he said. That wasn't a scam, though. That yeah. was He knew what he was doing. Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, they just made it out like he didn't, but he did. It's right. like how the prince. That was his defense, but like yeah, yeah. everyone's defense is like, I didn't mean to, or I didn't know, or yeah. the thing had a cower. He well, that says when you go on a guided hunt, you kind of have that slight out. It's like, hey, whoa, I just did what the guide said. Oh, yeah. You, I mean, you still did something illegal, but you at least have kind of a. That, that makes sense, though, because you can imagine how much you could lean on a guide in a situation. Like, we've been on guided hunts before mm-hmm. where we didn't know anything. Like, we've been misguided on laws before where, thank God, we didn't make any mistakes and we double-checked and this and that. But, like, mm-hmm. like people like local knowledge stuff, like, well, my dad told me this. And it's like, well, the mm-hmm. rule book doesn't say that. That was the case 25 years ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Right. So you, like, cannot really lean on them. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it would suck to be on a different continent and that happen. Right. You, I mean, wolf. Yeah. Yeah. But these guys were not guided, went out of their own accord to shoot rhinos. Um, the they heard gunshots in the area, so they called in rangers. Rangers bought dogs, brought dogs, and then they tracked them down. When they got there, they were right in the middle of shooting two additional rhinos. So they have like they witnessed them shooting them. So there's no oh man, that's you. They had a helicopter come in and follow these guys, and then end up apprehending them. They had I think it was either three or four rhinos worth of horns. Why did it take four years to send some for huh. if like you saw it? COVID. COVID. <laughs> From four yeah. years ago? Maybe. I don't, you know, I don't know. It takes a long time. I mean, I'm, I have to imagine other countries move a little bit slower than we do. Yeah. We move slow. We move so yeah. slow. I don't even get it. Yeah. I, 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 also, their system could be set up completely different. Yeah. It different, could, different country. Yeah. I, I just feel like when I hear about all court systems, I often feel as though a seventh grader could design a faster one. <laughs> Like, we figured out hamburgers in 30 seconds at a McDonald's, but we can't figure out <laughs> seeing somebody commit a crime and saying you committed the crime. Yeah. That and seems... they, they they did themselves no favors. They had <laughs> they had a rifle with the serial number filed off. They had, they had backpacks on them with rhino horns in them, <laughs> ammo, the rifle. They got witnessed shooting them. So it's like you're That's you're what done. I'm saying. How is no, that a four-year case? There's no option. So. Yeah, that's. It, it was a, it, but it's a shame because, like. You know, the rhino populations are already on the decline because you've got habitat loss. You've got, you know, the poachers going out and you almost can't blame them because a lot of these people are in, you know, less well off countries. They're, they're not doing it just to do it. They're doing it because they either need money. They need the food. They're trying to feed their family. So it's almost it, it's <laughs> so, a shame so. that it's rhinos, but you almost can't blame them. They're just trying to survive. You well, know? well, well, that. That's some, not, not, that's, not all. That's, of them. that's not the way to not do it. Not all of them, but some. It's still inexcusable because that's anyone's reason anywhere yeah. for anything. Sure. Always that has to do sure. with pushing. It's it's money, food, necessity, whatever it might be. That yeah. there's gonna be some reason. In this Except case, for well, I forget exactly the story. This guy was just going and shooting elk, just shooting them, letting them die, just for fun. Yeah, I guess. What in the world? Yeah, this one is. I'm not going to say worth the risk, but rhino horn <laughs> yeah. fetches $30,000 per pound. 
Isn't wow. it the most precious substance on the planet? It's worth more just per weight than gold. Ink. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I don't know. That's good. Dad joke. That was good. Um, I'll, get, I'll give it to you. But it's it's worth more than d- d- yeah, ink. yeah very, and gold very and expensive. cocaine. And you're you're getting more than a pound per rhino horn. Some rhinos have several horns, so it's. But a, they're very heavy, isn't right? they? Is that considered ivory? No, I don't believe so. Whoa, whoa, because it's not like a tusk. It's a. It's like a nail. What is it? Yeah. But isn't that? I've always heard that it's similar to like a fingernail, is, or it grows oh, like our fingernails. Yeah. But I don't know if that means anything about the composition. What, I I don't know. Is what? a rhino horn ivory? I was under the impression. Unlike rhino horn, which is made almost solely of keratin, ivory consists of two materials. Okay, so it's not ivory. No. I would have lost that bet. Yeah, but yeah, thirty thousand dollars per pound. They're shipping this stuff to Vietnam to China. Because it grows back. I don't, does ivory grow back? I don't Elephant so. tusks? Let me find out. I don't out. think so. Because those are more like teeth. But uh, Right. So oh, it's fetching all this okay. money on Asian markets. They're using them for uh, medicinal things. Whether uh, or not it actually works is, you know, well, kind of. It has, if it's mostly keratin. Yeah. I mean, there's purpose there's there. Can we make fake ones? other ways. You <laughs> can, well, there was that guy in, um, in that one documentary we watched where they're able to remove the horn, like, that's right. Sedate rhino. the rhino, remove the horn, and then it. So on goes Netflix, back. there's a documentary called oh, Trophy. Yeah, it was Trophy, yeah. and it was a very, very, very well done. It was actually produced by CNN, and the idea behind it was to um, make hunters look terrible. But upon creating it, there was real journalists making it, and they basically show both sides of Africa hunting. Uh, trophy hunting and understanding how it works and there's a guy in that movie that Ryan and I grew a big affinity for he was like incredible what he's doing to try and save rhinos and he was actually cutting off rhino horn or tusk what what are we calling them horns horns, horns. okay <laughs> what are we what are we doing <laughs> they're big old face fingernails um they're cutting them off in order to save that up um so that they could pay to run like basically a big rhino preserve and then using making them have no value to a poacher if people can get them legally they don't have to do the black market so they're not as likely to break the law there's less demand he wasn't allowed to sell them that was the problem so real quick i'll break this down a little bit more so he he has this giant farm for rhinos he wanted to fund the farm he was a Multi multi-millionaire owned all kind of hotels and resorts and different and things like sell that. Sell them all just to do piece this. by piece by piece. He sold them in order to create this big rhino preserve. What he does is he goes around, sedates the rhinos, cuts off their uh, horns, and then stores them because it's worth more per ounce than uh, you know. Uh, I was gonna say weed, but obviously, but um, worth more per ounce than uh, cocaine, gold, silver, mm-hmm. platinum, you name it. It's worth more than all of that. Yeah. So. He wanted to be able to sell it, but he can't sell it because you can only sell it on the black market. So he can't sell it legally. So he's just sitting on all that. Meanwhile, <clears throat> he's selling everything he owns to preserve the rhinos on that uh, ranch where he had like some giant percent of the last of the rhinos. Mm-hmm. And then people would get upset that he had this facility because they're like, well, you're just hogging them all to yourself when he's just trying to reestablish the population. Yeah. And he's like the only one making any real progress. It's like everyone else is fighting it. Yeah, what? Yeah, I re- I remember when I was this is like a little bit off topic, but I remember one time when I was like when we were first trying to start the company, I was like it feels like everybody's just trying to stop me. It's like they're yeah. like every project we try and do, it's like there's a roadblock from this, from this, from this, and they're just dumb. And my dad goes, 
well, yeah, you're starting a business. That's that's life. Yeah. And I was like, it's it seems like everyone's against us. Yeah. Oh, you didn't know this extra thing that no one told you about that you just have to fill out paperwork for? <laughs> right. So, you know. Yeah, but where does one go to find all this? <laughs> exactly. But anyhow, that was the um, that was kind of a a, a, a cool little story and lear mm. learning lesson. But the guy was doing that. He's still unable to sell the rhino horns to this day. Um, unless he sold them illegally, which he won't do. So he's had to sell off every asset he has to try and protect the rhinos this way. Check it out on Netflix called Trophy. It does a really great job of explaining everything, I think. Yeah. And honestly, the, the as far as the, the rhino population itself, it's actually doing pretty well. Um, there were 700 and some uh, poachers or poached rhinos in 2018. Oh, there were just short of 600 in 2019. And then there were less than 400 in 2020, which kind of makes sense. All the countries kind of went on lockdown and everything, you know. Um, and then they, I think it makes less sense. Then they reopened. I would have thought I would have spurred up because think everyone was hunting. Yeah, that's true. Um, but then you also didn't get people couldn't travel into the country to do it. Okay, so that's, that's fair. That's fair. That's um, a good but point. But then partially because of those lockdowns, they reopened up the country, and it shot back up, and they're already at more <clears> than <throat> I think it's more than 300. Already? And that was halfway through the year. Oh, damn. So now it's almost right back up where it was in 2018. And they were making all this progress, you know, governments and community efforts yeah. to try to. There goes that. that. So. There goes that. <laughs> that sucks. The wow. weird the weird things that you wouldn't think are impacted by, you know, the whole lockdown. COVID. You don't even think of it. And then the rhinos are like, I love this COVID stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's wild. It's a shame. What country was this? South Africa. South Africa. There's that. That's my story. Another topic I wanted to cover was uh, Maine. We just got back from yeah. from Maine. We went fort Fairfield. Fort Fairfield, where there is a fort. Yeah, there is. There's the fort. Not very big. <laughs> it looks like a wooden box. No, it's not as big, as, big as our place. They redid the roof, okay? The roof looks nice. <clears throat> I'm 50-50 on us moving there and making that our studio. That's where I'm at right now. It was a cool place. For a... Uh, uh, City with a rapidly declining population. I really like Fort <laughs> Fairfield. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I thought it was pretty cool. So our host there, uh, a friend of ours now, who was just a fan of our show, um, the podcast, I should say, because he had no idea that we have an actual TV show in which he's noted to me I need to tell people more often. Which concerns me because we say it several times I, I each agree. podcast. So now, now I'm thinking he's watching the podcast, but he's not even really listening. So now I'm kind of Chuck, like, are you listening? <laughs> Chuck. <laughs> he turn is. It, turn he, it up. He yeah. definitely is. No, so he, he wrote into us about this cool hunting property he has with lots of bears on it. So uh, Black Bears in Maine sounded like one heck of an episode. So we packed up our bags, bought tickets. It wasn't terribly expensive to fly yeah. there. Uh, it was just bad. a couple hundred bucks a person. Um, <clears throat> and if everything would have worked out, it would have been great. So we were supposed <laughs> <Yeah>. to. <laughs> we were, the reason it was so cheap. We were supposed to leave at 8.15 a.m. Oh, on, yeah. on a Monday morning. And we were supposed to get there by just before noon. And then I w we were going to go right to the uh, bear blinds, I guess you'd say. I want to say deer blinds so bad because mm -hmm. when you say blinds, you always say deer in front of it. But we were supposed to go right to the bear blinds. <clears throat> and uh, when I was talking to Chuck, he's like, listen, he's like, we have about six, five, 600 acres spread out over different areas with blinds everywhere. You never know where they're going to be and when they're going to come. They're very inconsistent. But he baits periodically, too. Um, he goes, I have them on cameras all the time, but you just never know where, where they're going to be. But if you come and you sit every day for five or six days, you're going to see a shooter, mm -hmm. most likely, uh, in that time. 
So we said, okay, we'll have, you know, we'll leave Friday afternoon and that'll give us Friday morning, Thursday, Wednesday, Tuesday, and then half of Monday. So obviously reverse that, but those will be the days that we'll have. So we'll, we'll be covering five days of time. So odds are we'll probably get one. And uh, <clears throat> we're supposed to leave at 8.15 and I don't even care. I'm just going to say it. We're flying United and the, it was I'm saying in, it. I know it was in uh, we were flying out of the Detroit airport and we're we get there early AJ and Ryan had to be up at 4 a.m. in order to get yeah. all the gear and equipment and stuff for us to make it there at six because yeah. we got to check guns and all that whole deal so we get there and they're like well right but I mean 20 minutes before takeoff and we were wondering why we didn't board already yeah that's so true. they're like it'll be um we're gonna be boarding here soon because takeoffs in 20 minutes and blah 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 and then they're like okay there might be a delay turns out they're like well there's the tread on the tire looks really low on the plane, so we don't think it's safe to use. So we're going to have a delay and we'll let you guys know how long shortly. And I'm like, well, we only have an hour and 15 minute because we were supposed to fly to uh, Washington, D.C. What's the name of it? Dallas. 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 D-U-L. And then straight to uh, Fort Fairfield. But mm-hmm. <clears throat> because of the delay, I was like, we only have like a hour and 10 minute delay there mm-hmm. you know in uh, you know jumping from one i don't point understand to the whole tire thing like that i would assume that's part of maintenance it's not like all of a sudden there's no more tread <laughs> wow where did well, that come that's what irritates me. I, I was gonna say that that it goes unfixed until it's until someone mm-hmm. picks it out to fix until, it until the pilot's walking around going that's bad the first they... flight of the day though what about last night like when all the planes were parked and everybody was supposed to look it over and everything was that's, supposed to happen, that not, didn't just that's didn't the happen. Pilot's job. So then we're like, oh my gosh! So we're like, okay, it's gonna be, you know, hopefully we'll still be able to get on. Of mm-hmm. course, they're like, we don't have a tire in stock, so it could be four <laughs> or five hours before you guys take off. Meanwhile, Ryan and AJ are sleeping on the floor at the airport. So then they make you, but they won't communicate with you there <laughs> to figure out what your plane is gonna be. They tell you to call the customer service line. So you have to call the 800 number. So we call them. That's a nightmare, getting a hold of somebody. <clears throat> Long story short, they say the best they can do is make us arrive at like 11 p.m. And they're going to add stops along the way. So we're going to oh. be up and down in planes all day. We went to Washington, D.C. We went to Newark. You get to say, you get to say you've been Good to job. additional yeah. states. That's yeah, cool. Yeah, that was really – I did get to see the Statue of Liberty, which I had never seen before. So that was kind of – All right. Not enough to you know, validate not this. Not worth it, but hey, cool. <clears throat> so we take forever. The best part was, though, before we get in – so we finally get on the plane like at 1 o'clock in the afternoon or something. Finally get on. Me and yeah, Ryan went one. and got virgin daiquiris from Margaritaville in uh, Detroit Airport. <laughs> but then we went to – uh, impressive. They were actually really good. Um, so then we went, we get on the plane and the pilot just throws under the bus, whoever the maintenance crew was after all that, uh, we're like sitting on the plane. He's like, well, I'd love to tell you we're taking off right now, but unfortunately we're out of gas and it's a little bit crazy that I have to be the one to notice, but apparently that's the case. Uh-uh. So we're going to be another little while until we can get that handled. So it was like another 45 minutes or sitting on the runway and it was the sitting on the runway where they like act with it, like they don't know how to use air conditioning during that, during that time. And I assume that's probably because they're putting gas in, just like you're supposed to not leave your car running. So you can't leave your car running for air conditioning while you're gassing up. So it's probably the same. So we're just sitting there cooking for 45 minutes. Oh, oh yeah. Didn't you sweat through a shirt or was it you? Not and me. you it one, was the flight home. 
flight home. Yeah, it's just a nightmare. So <laughs> I picture the, the uh, pilot going, if you look out your right windows there, you see that guy <laughs> frantically running around? That's Jerry. He's responsible for the tires and the gas. Everyone wave to Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> he get the Michigan hello that way. Oh, yeah. Um, so then we finally take off. We see every state, every town across the country. We're in like four states in one day. It was so stupid. Literally four states in one yeah. day just to get to oh, one yeah. location. We get there. We're like, all right, well, we're here. We missed a sit, but okay. We get there, waiting for the luggage to come off. I'm like, don't. And they're like, that's it. That's the last luggage. There's you know, no way. There's no way. There's no. It sure luggage. isn't. <laughs> <laughs> Mine doesn't come. Guess who has all the ammunition in their uh, in their uh, uh, suitcase? That would be me. Yeah. So now we have no ammunition. So now we can't hunt the following morning either. Because now we got to go find ammunition. So we shoot 300 Weatherby Magnums. We have 300 Weatherbys. But 300, like Weatherby makes different tips for their different 300 Weatherby Magnums that have different ballistics. So I'm like, terrific. I need to find this tip because that's what the gun's sighted in for. Mm -hmm. So luckily, Chuck, nicest guy in the world, calls around. He checks everywhere. We find a place that has 300 Weatherby Magnum. And then we go there course the only tips they have are not the ones that are mine so i call zach from weatherby i'm like how different is this going to be he's like you you got to cite it in so i'm like damn oh. so then it was not that far off but it was off yeah. so <clears throat> then we have to go to the range then we have to cite and stuff so now i burned a whole day <laughs> of all sits so we lose basically two days thanks to united of hunting yeah. so now it's tuesday and we're finally hunting so tuesday wednesday thursday and we don't see anything so and I'm bummed because we had so many cool aspects of the episode. Yeah, we were going to be um, rendering the bear fat to make soap with an Amish community. I thought it was candles. No, was you kept soap? saying candles, and I couldn't say soap <laughs> enough. I said so. I must have been. Thrilled. I only heard soap. He just always decided it was candles, and I just stopped correcting him. I've, I've, never, <laughs> I've never heard candles once. No, no, no. never not once. Yeah, you just kept. You just decided one day. Yeah, I don't know if it was a need. Well, usually when that's the case, that's because early on when we first learned what we were doing, you probably told me candles, and that just stuck with. Me. <laughs> I did and not. The first thing you tell me that sticks, and that's what I got. So, <clears throat> the Amish aspect was actually pretty funny. It was cool because the way that worked out, yeah, was gonna work out. The Amish people. I know they're not watching. Shout out though. Uh, <laughs> get it? Because they can't. Anyhow, yeah. um, the Amish community. There. What are they called, AJ? Uh, Schwartz and Troopers. Okay, and they're the the most extreme. Okay, and what does that mean when they, you say most extreme? Uh, no electricity. No get. No electric lights. Um, they no. don't even have Rumspringer. Nothing. No, nope. no, nope, they don't. Chuck, oh, Chuck was saying that not even buttons or like chains. Like buttons chain, are yeah. the devil. I've heard that. Anything that can help <laughs> is uh, disregarded. <laughs> Full buggies. You know, no windows. No buttons. What are you supposed to do? You just tie everything? Well, I mean, honestly, what do they have to use that would be a button? Wood? Oh. What are you going to use that's a button in wood? No, no, no. You're talking about <laughs> buttons like push buttons. He's talking about buttons like clothes. And we're oh, both, and we're both sitting buttons. here going, they can't even use buttons? <laughs> <laughs> give, give them something. Come on. <laughs> what do they wear? Drapes? I mean, what you guys both thought that. We they did. Were, they wear nothing but robes. I'm like, man, that's so strict. And like, what are you going to use for buttons? I'm like, there's so many things you can use for buttons. <laughs> I go, what? He goes, what are you going to press on wood? I go, what do you mean? <laughs> uh, the whole time. We don't plan our podcast, ladies and gentlemen. But anyhow, um, 
<laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> they are the most extreme of the Amish. And it was funny because Chuck had the idea because he takes his bears there and drops off the fat, and then they render out soap for him, and then he pays them to do that for him mm -hmm. uh, as a service. Um, I said, okay, that's really cool. And then they sell all kinds of cool furniture, and he said their bakery is unbelievable. I assume they can use fire. Uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's like um, Probably a gas stove. Really? Mm -hmm. Yeah, just – well, because uh, they can't use combustion engines, so I feel like a gas well, stove. Well, that's not for that reason. What's the reason for that? The the reason that I understand. I know nothing. He watches the documentaries. The reason that I understand for the Amish not driving is because they can't have pictures of themselves. They can't have an engraven image. So I I don't you know. You can't have a driver's license. Yeah, exactly. That's why you can't uh, drive. Goes vehicles. to their head. Yeah. So like when I was working in Nebraska, the Amish guy that I knew, which must not have been the same as these people. They may have been Mennonite. I, I don't know, but he was able to – you can drive a tractor without a license, so he would drive his tractor around. Like he had this huge John Deere tractor. Yeah, so that's kind of cool. He would drive around that. Wait, oh, flex though. Interesting. You know? <laughs> um, so. so anyhow, we were going to go there, but um, the I guess culturally – and Chuck was explaining this to me. He's like, listen, you're not like supposed to, as a guy, supposed to spend a whole lot of time talking to another man's wife because it's like not cool by them mm -hmm. i was like okay well i need to learn how to make the soap you know like that's gonna be part of the episode or whatever he's like yeah their faces also can't be on camera i was like okay we could probably work that aj and ryan are great at that stuff um yeah. so we'll deal with whatever we have to deal with there over the shoulder shots or whatever he goes i go but i can't not talk to her he's like well i told him that like you'd have to talk to him and everything and would he be okay with it and he was the whole. This is my favorite part. Yeah, he's like the group of guys were all laughing at you because you were going to be doing woman's work by making the soap. So it's oh, like they okay. thought that was hilarious that I would be like working with her and making soap. And I was like, well, it's 2021 out here, so I don't know what's going <laughs> on. <laughs> um, but I actually thought that I don't know. I think like I'm not judging their culture at all. Yeah. Um, all jokes aside, it's like. They have their standards and like the women do this. And honestly, it sounded like the woman thought it would be real funny that I'd be doing it too. Just the same, you know? Yeah. So it's not even just like the men towering over the women and doing that. So I'm not making fun of the culture. I'm not defending it, but I'm not making fun of it. It's just, that's how they live and yeah. it works for them. And you know, it's, it's interesting too. We're talking to Chuck about it and like, so Chuck has two daughters, <clears throat> sweet girls, I think six and eighth grade and growing up, he said that um, in the area, he felt instead of sending him to daycare where they're going to watch TV or something like that, when him and his yeah. wife are both working, he actually sent them to the Amish daycare. So they oh, had to dress clever. up. That's they had clever. to dress up like Amish. He goes, at five years old, they knew how to cook a four-course meal. <laughs> nice. So I was like, that's Word? cool. They were speaking. They, they, they can speak Dutch. Yeah. yeah. High German. Tr trying to learn how to speak Dutch. That's smart. You probably learn more there than you would in any kind yeah. of preschool or latchkey or anything like so that. So interacting with his daughters extremely well-spoken mm -hmm. very mature like for their age and like just like down to earth yeah you know what i mean like that you could joke with them about i don't even know like how to give an example but like um they were talking about the the uh, syrup moonshine or whatever and his you know the, the daughter made a joke about that stuff you know what i mean yeah. it's like they, they can yeah, make joking jokes. how high was high the proof was i'm like yeah that's impressive you know what proof means yeah, it, yeah. but you know I mean, she like they're like 
cultured in so many different things. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? They can have conversations about anything. They can make jokes about anything. They're they're just they're good like kids. little adults because they <laughs> you know because they had that training for you know four or five years where mm-hmm. they experienced that as well as you know normal school life and everything. So mm-hmm. I think it's good for them. So. Um, nonetheless, we were supposed to render out the bear fat doing that. Then we had somebody we we're going to work with that was going to show us how to skin a bear properly. Cause like, I know how to do it, but to do it perfectly, like the perfect seams and the perfect cuts and the perfect yeah. place to do it, to get the skull out, to do everything right, to be able to have a rug, I think is a good lesson for people. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, uh we we're going to have a butcher show us the proper way to break down the meat. So it was going to be like this awesome thing where we we're utilizing every aspect of the bear. Yeah. But. Here we are. So, so no one steal that idea because we're doing it next year. <laughs> and the, the Amish are quick thinkers, too. That guy was trying to tear down his house. Oh, you tell the story. <laughs> tell the story. So we were being told about this Amish guy in the community who had a house on his property that he wanted uh, just demolished. He wanted the house off the property. It was going to cost like two or three grand or whatever to just knock the house down. And he's like, well, that's expensive. I don't want to spend that much money. So Might he, have been higher. Probably. But, I mean, then again, it's Maine. Right. So the Amish guy goes to the fire department and asks, can, can I burn this place down? They're like, no, 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 you can't burn the house down. <laughs> he's like, well, you get a ticket. he's like, he's like, you, you'll get a ticket. You'll get a ticket if you burn the place down. He's like, well, how much is a ticket? <laughs> That's my favorite. <laughs> um, so he says, don't do that. You'll get a ticket. And how much is the ticket? The ticket's $70. He goes, well, the ticket's only 70 well, bucks. T- 70 bucks is a lot cheaper than 3000 just don't burn the place down. You're going to get a ticket. So he, he burned the place down. <laughs> and he then the fire department obviously shows up. Mm-hmm. And Mad. Up, yeah, obviously. They're upset. Funny. And he's th- they're about to come onto the property. And the Amish guy must have known his laws because he says, you can't come on my property unless uh, someone's in danger. And no one's in danger. Or, the pro- or another person's property is in danger. Yes. But that wasn't yeah. the case. That wasn't mm-hmm. the case. It, and so he so, wouldn't let him on the property until it burned down. So Money. he got the house demolished for $70, but he did get an extra ticket on top of that. So he did have to spend more money. Wasn't it 50 bucks or something? It, it was, was 50 bucks. Yeah. Oh, and no. it was because he burned a bathtub or something. Yeah, it was, the it was the bathtub was still in there. And it's like something oh, it about the material. Or something? I don't I, I without it, was, it. Yeah, I guess that's true. I don't remember. What's our walls made out of here? Plaster. I felt like it was something with plaster. No, maybe yeah. porcelain. 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 That's the word. Porcelain. They're all the yeah. same, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wonder what the no. difference is. <laughs> if that maybe burning that releases something into the air. That's the truth was they were looking to give him a ticket for whatever they for could sure. think of because they were pissed off because he literally heard them say, <laughs> like, I can't do this. Well, joke's on you. Yeah. So he came out really, really far ahead. He's a buck that's 25 fine. in the whole deal, and yeah. it would have cost him like three grand in, uh, to do it the legal way. <laughs> I like that story. He's a cool it's guy. Good. Yeah. But um, in addition to that, so one thing I wanted to cover uh, in preparation for this bear hunt, I was like, I've shot one bear before, and that was like three or four years ago with you. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, where are you supposed to aim on a bear? Like, like a deer, right? And that is what most people think is like you'd aim where a deer is. Mm-hmm. That is not the case. So in studying the anatomy of a bear, I kind of broke it down. And we should be able to generate some sort of image. Number one, the heart sits farther back and higher. Mm. And the lungs sit back farther than a deer. So if you aimed at an exact shot as a deer, you could be in trouble for a few reasons. One, you could miss the lungs and heart. But two, because the heart on a deer basically sits against the bottom of the chest. Like, in order to hit the heart on a deer, you're almost missing the deer. Like, you're almost shooting under it. It is so low in the body cavity. It's insane. Whereas this is not the case with the bear. It's sitting up higher. In addition... 
the lungs are back a ways. So <clears throat> there's pros and cons to that. The pro is you do not, do not, do not, do not want to shoot the shoulder of a bear. Yeah. They have extremely hard shoulders and uh, a lot of bullets will deflect. Now we're using 300 Weatherby Magnums. It is a, it, it, you know, my shot would have been probably between 50 and 100 yards. I probably would have been okay, but prob like statistically, a lot of people won't be. So, yeah. number one rule for a bear is stay away from the shoulder. So there was a lot of people toting this middle middle rule. Mm -hmm. So you find the middle of the bear. Uh, from front to back and the middle of the bear up and down and shoot there which would obviously be if you did that on a deer you'd be gut shotting the deer right mm. <laughs> <clears throat> well with the bear that's kind of the, the the grass that they give you that's how far back the lungs are and that, that's the tail end of the lungs so you'd you'd be better off than if you shot a deer there but right so i was studying yeah i studied the anatomy of it and i i kind of broke it down and i kind of inched it off and i found that in the center height of the body about four to six inches back from the front shoulder, like the final part of the blade, yeah. um, to make sure you don't hit it. So I kind of in between that middle, middle point and the shoulder blade. Correct. Okay. Yep, right about there is probably the hot spot. So yeah. that's where I'll be aiming when I get a chance to shoot at a bear again, but I just thought people would find that interesting. It's not exactly what you would think. It's yeah. People think like for a bear, you just aim just like you would a deer. That's not the case. A lot of people go by the middle, middle rule, but I suggest middle height in the bear because you gotta also remember bears have so 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 much fat especially yeah. in the fall yeah so you don't want to shoot the fat like if you like a brisket shot on a deer like where you but not dead on brisket like into the chest cavity but if you shot low at all on a bear like where let's say you made a heart shot on a bear if the heart was that of where a deer is like so if you aimed at where you would aim for the heart for a deer on the bear you probably wouldn't even hit meat you'd mm -hmm. probably go right through fat yeah because the you, other difference is you also have fur yep to think about which that and that's the other even higher the other reason yeah yeah that's what i was gonna say oh yeah, yeah. that thick oh. fur and then um <clears throat> something else that i read was okay so you're like you're like studying the anatomy of the bear again and like you got one coming in let's say it's quartering away which means it's like away from you now that's a can be a sweet spot for a deer because then you can hop them right up through the heart and the lungs, mm -hmm. and then it'll get lodged in the far shoulder. So it knocks them down with that for, uh, far shoulder shot as well as uh, the lungs and the heart. Instantaneous drop. It's over. Mm -hmm. um, with a bear, that's recommended against. That whatever angle you take, your goal should be to go through and through on the bear. Yeah. Um, reason being is because of the thick fat that I mentioned, the thick fur that you mentioned, that clogs blood like you wouldn't believe. They don't bleed very much unless you go through and through. If you go through and through with a good caliber, you're in good shape, but the blood can still be pretty scarce. Yeah, and because the, the lungs are further back, mm -hmm. if you do a quartering away shot, you're more likely to only hit one lung. And they said that if you only hit one lung, that bear will still run for a while. A while. Yeah. yeah. Just to clear up that fat and blood situation, it's because when you shoot the bear, the fat will essentially plug that hole. Mm -hmm. That's why you won't get any blood. That's nuts. Yeah. Okay. No, it's fat. His nuts are on the other <laughs> side. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Also, wasn't there, uh, isn't there like a misconception that only females have brown noses or something like that? I don't know who said that. <laughs> well, I wasn't going to blame anybody, but I don't know who's saying that. You're the only one here saying that. <laughs> it's negative and 
you're being negative. And that's a Mike Tyson quote. Look up Mike Tyson saying you're being negative. It's a crazy See him interview. Deflect instead of talking about yeah. the thing you're talking about. Only if you're 18 or over. On. Look up that Mike Tyson interview. It's funny, but 18 and over. Anyhow. Yeah, I heard from somebody at some point. See, this is the shit that I'm talking about. Like when we're talking about the DNR with the license stuff and all that, you know, making sure you're following the laws. Because like you get passed down information from people that you look up to when you're a kid. So you just believe it and then they're not right. And then you sound like an idiot. Mm -hmm. Um, In this case, I had (laughs) and I've heard multiple people say this, that uh, the brown face uh, on a black bear indicates um, typically it's a male. Um, and I've I've gone a significant portion of my life believing that How because many people it, have you told that? it had never been challenged. Yeah. And then I found out that um, through some research and Chuck making fun of me that that's not true. Well, well I, I don't I, I don't even think he was going to challenge you. I was just sitting there and I was which like, worried me. I go, no, no, you got to tell me if I'm wrong. I know. Yeah. Well, you said it. And then I was like, because I didn't know either. So I looked to Chuck just to mm. for some sort of verification. Yeah. And he was just give me like, a nod, fella. He was kind of just like. I, I like oh, really? how it was brought up because you're like, what other facts we want to make sure because we want to <laughs> yeah. be educational. You know, we know this. We oh, know yeah. where to shoot them. We know that females have brown noses. And he's like, <laughs> is that, is that, tell me is the that, truth, Chuck. Is that not right? Give it to me straight, pal. <laughs> If you'd like to help support the Greenway Outdoors, please like and comment on this podcast and subscribe to all of our channels. Okay, so now that we are talking in the world of facts, here is another one. I'm going to read this directly from the MEPS website, MEPPS.com. Check it out, our favorite fishing lure for brook trout. But they have a program where they are purchasing squirrel tails from hunters in exchange for money or lures. Nice. Because they use actual squirrel tails. Oh yeah. Yeah, okay. For for their fishing lures, which now visually I can I can see that. Yeah. So this is what it says. We need them to create hand-tied dressed hooks for our world-famous fishing catching lures. We've tried hundreds of natural and synthetic materials, bear hair, fox, coyote, badger, skunk, deer, even Angus cow. But nothing works as well as a squirrel tail hair. We've been recycling squirrel tails for over half a century. In fact, we recycle more of them than anyone else in the world. The fact is, squirrel tails are all hair, no fur. I didn't know that. Huh. So <clears throat> you can picture it now, but the it's, it is all hair. Whereas normally, like looking at when you used to have hair, you had hair, <laughs> you had fur, you had the whole. Th- no. now, now you just got fur. You're thinking of your family. Oh, yeah. <laughs> don't, don't, don't let me have Your it. dad's a bear. <clears throat> he, my dad, when I was a kid, bear, my dad convinced me that we we're half Indian, uh, Native American and uh, half uh, grizzly bear. And that in a, a couple, like 20 generations ago, there was a lonely female who mated with a grizzly bear. Oh my and then God. that made us his offspring. And that's why he was so hairy. And you <laughs> believed it. I know and you he, believed it. And not only that, yeah, I believe it. We told, told me that. <laughs> <laughs> and then I came over sometime after that, and I, it was early in the morning. I knocked on the door. He answers the door, and he's not wearing a shirt. It's like, 
<laughs> that hairy man <laughs> is my grizzly bear. And then I <laughs> and then I was born without a hair on my body. So there we are. Yep. Anyhow, the so the fact is that squirrel tails are all hair, no fur. Practically all other animals have fur tails with just a few guard hairs. Fur doesn't have any of the rip have the rippling pulsating movement of squirrel hair in the water. So fur just doesn't do it for them. Uh, it doesn't work as well and doesn't attract as many fish. And squirrels are plentiful. Plus squirrel is some of the best wild meat and their skins are used for caps, coats, glove linings, and many other items. But the tail is usually just thrown away. We're asking you to help us recycle this valuable resource and we're offering you a reward for your effort. So um, <clears throat> that's all really fine and dandy because obviously we like squirrel hunting. It's mm -hmm. honestly, squirrel hunting's up there for me as far as excitement goes. Yeah. I, I, I I like it. Jeff, I think it's your favorite thing, isn't it? It's definitely top three. Yeah. Well, what are your top three? Duck hunting, squirrel hunting, and... <clears throat> uh, Spearfishing. Yeah, maybe spearfishing. That's a lot You're of fun. You're so good at spearfishing. I'm weirdly good at it for no reason. You like snake hunting, too. <laughs> yeah. When we did pythons in the Everglades, you are pretty good at it. But anyhow. Yeah. So this was a cool point that I like that they said. MAPS is only interested in recycling tails taken from squirrels that have been harvested for the table. We do not advocate taking squirrels strictly for their tails. Squirrel tails cannot be sold in California. It's illegal to sell western gray squirrel tails in the state of Oregon. And state of Idaho regulations that only red and fox squirrel tails can legally be sent to MAPS. So there's a couple rules there. But what I took from it was, and my excitement for it was, the fact that they understood that, like, they don't want people going out there just slaughtering squirrels yeah. for their tails. Sure. To, you know, to make fishing lures. That if you are going to participate in this program, utilize the meat. Squirrel is fantastic. Yeah. Jeff, you cook it all the time. And and, and they did it smart, too, because they're not, they're not giving enough you know, money or bounty or whatever you want to call it per squirrel tail for it to be worth it for people to just go out and get a squirrel and then send the tail in. It's not like profitable, but it's cool if you can get lures back or what is it? I think it was 16 cents per tail if you're sending in under 100. Yeah, so I'll break down the pricing for you. So <clears throat> if you sell send in under 100 you get of gray fox and black squirrel tails, you get 16 cents each. So it's not a ton of money. Jeff, you can do the math on that, though. Um, what I've, would, got, I've got 15 in my garage right now, so I'd get, I think, just barely enough to get one lure. Right. If they're like... Or to cover posts. Well, well hold, on, hold on on that. So <laughs> you're jumping ahead. So the thing is, uh, one point is if you send in 50 or more, they cover the shipping for you. Oh, yeah. Okay. Which, is, which is helpful because the shipping could eat up all the profit. You know, you're not going to send in three tails. Yeah. <laughs> you're kind of... You're kind of setting out to that, – that 50 mark seems to be the minimum before it starts to be worthwhile. Yeah, yeah. So if you did 50 times uh, 0.16, so let's say sitting on the low side, that's that's 8 bucks. Jeez. So you're not getting a ton. But – hope it's in money order. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So – but with that, I wonder if you got to claim that on your taxes. <laughs> <laughs> so – Somebody comes beating your door in. Hey! Now here's what they'll do for you, though. They'll multiply it by 2 – if, oh, that's what it was. Yeah. If you want to use your credits towards uh, lures instead, so then you're at sixteen bucks, which is I use the 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 maps spinners for brook trout fishing, which would that would probably be three or four different maps I would be able to use for brook trout yeah, yeah. fishing, which would probably depending on the river get me through a couple a uh, couple runs, you know. So yeah. it's it's kind of cool, but in addition to that, 
and this is kind of the point is like when people are like, oh, that's not enough or this or that. It's like, well, what were you going to do with them otherwise? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like now you're, get, now you're getting some fishing lures. <laughs> Seems a little low for me. You know, I've got like 15 or 20 squirrel tails in my garage <laughs> that were sitting there that I was for sure going to do nothing with. And they're going to offer me 16 cents per tail. Come on. <laughs> yeah. And that's that's what's kind of silly. Now, this is something I didn't quite understand, but it says for premium tails, they're offering 20 cents each. So I don't hmm. know what dictates a premium tail because I would have thought fox squirrel was a premium tail. Yeah. And so it, it must depends. be some some you should maybe it's like the just fo- girthy, fox maybe. Yeah. The well, age, the size. Some of them are beautiful. Some you shoot them and you get up there and it's like, yeah. what happened to that squirrel? <laughs> don't send them in wet. Right. <laughs> Jeff, why don't you talk about how you're supposed to package them? Uh, so what you do is you take them and you uh, cut them off right at the base of the where the spine connects to the tail. And then from there, you consult the um, the base of the tail so that way it helps it kind of dry out. It doesn't decay and get gross. Um, a lot like you would do with a, uh, a turkey mount if you were going right. to get a turkey. Um, so you take it, you salt it. Um, leaving the bone in is really important. I don't remember exactly why. I'm going to explain that. I um, was just that. Just cover how to send it. Yeah, yeah. But so the then rest. you take them, you salt it, you put them in a shoebox, and then you can put them in your freezer. And then when you're ready to send them in, send them in in the shoebox, and they'll try to get 50 of them because they'll cover the cost of shipping, and then they'll send you back lures. I like that it's Meps doing it too. Yeah. Because it's like primo lures. Like mm-hmm. you go listen. Let's let's call a spade a spade here. If you go into Bass Pro Shops and you're picking out one of the different spinner baits we're going to use for brook trout fishing, there's other ones that are slightly cheaper. There's others that are slightly more. Mm-hmm. But if you want one that's just going to consistently work, that's what we've always used. Our brook trout episode, um, we call it episode one, but it's technically season three, episode one. Um, that's literally what we were using in there. Yep. Brook trout, you know, uh, MEPS number one spinners in silver. Um, and I like the one with the really bright orange hook guard yeah, that goes yeah. on there but so talking about grading the squirrel tail so it's somewhat subjective but our experienced professionals will take good care of you so they'll reject one in general you won't get paid for they won't use it if it's uh loose and shedding uneven hair tail is curled bone is removed and no salt it's not salted frozen dried or, or it's you know it's spoiled or whatever yeah, it might yeah. be they're not going to accept it now an average tail that would fetch the 16 cents would be long, relatively straight hair. Tail is relatively straight and flat. No loose or shedding hairs. The bone is left in, and it's not spoiled. Now, yeah. a premium, well-cared-for one would be long, straight hair. Tail is straight and flat. No loose or shedding hairs. Bone left in. And uh, we'll, we'll put a picture up on the screen so you can kind of see the difference. It's pretty obvious what you're going to get um, when you look at a, a squirrel tail. And I would say that I would, I would bet... 90% of the squirrels you'll harvest, at least I can guarantee in Michigan, 90% of them are going to be good enough quality to make the the, the high grade. Yeah. I'd say 85, maybe even 90%, but um, 90% of them are going to be that. It's how you take care of them after. You know, if you let them get all crinkled up or yeah, let yeah. them sit wet or something like that, yeah. then you're not going to get as much for them. And yeah. I, I, I think that's what it really comes down to. Um, they say the best times to send them are between October and May, mm-hmm. um, just for the the the, fr- the freezing capabilities and everything like that. Yeah. And how to how to submit it? Tails are best on squirrels taken after October first. That's because of obviously um, the shedding and things sure. like that. Do not remove the bone from the tail. 
deboned and split tails have absolutely no value. <laughs> salt the butt end of the tail generously. Use either dry salt or dip in strong saltwater solution. Mm -hmm. Be sure the tail is straight before drying. Tails that dry in curl position cannot be used, as you can imagine. Would you want it on your fishing lure? Think about it. Come on, people. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I'm, not, I'm not understanding this. Why it, You're cutting off a piece of hair and tying it on a lure. Why does it have to – why does a curled tail affect the hair? Because if it gets all wet and curled and stuff, they don't have, like, straight – it's actual hair. So they want to use straight hair on the lure because if you picture it, it's on a treble hook, oh, right? Okay. <clears throat> right. And it's all straight hairs. Well, they're not going to be like – crimping straightening out hairs on 16 cent tails they're not like using a hair straightener if they have right. curled hairs they won't they won't flow as well in the water yeah it'll cause a yeah it's and then instead no. of being nice and spinning it, it could so they don't have like a process in place so, to straighten them out okay so the curl in the tail is what yeah. will will almost like a dead end yeah yeah okay. yeah that's a that's a good and way and the better you treat them the longer the hair will last you know these things don't last forever you know they will eventually start to kind of yeah break down and stuff like hair does but and, and what's the significance of leaving the bone in if you're just going to use the hair uh structure structure so by leaving the bone in i think i would assume too it would probably slow the rotting process but when you pull that bone out i'm sure you're i'm sure you're compromising the integrity of the entire tail you yeah. know and, okay. and the, the skin that's attached and yeah. you're pulling it out and i'm yeah. sure it just the more you handle it the more likely you are to mess up the right. individual hair okay. so and they're just trying to like make the rules as strict as possible so that you're most likely to get well the, the other the, thing, the, other, the strictest rules also make it easier yeah yeah, yeah exactly. the strictest rules are easy the other thing is think about it they're they're like pulling the hair away from the skin and bone in order to cut it off in order to put right. it into the thing okay so if the bones in there it makes it it keeps it more taut it's easier something to pull against uh in order to pull it up easier for the manufacturing exactly. process yeah um <clears throat> so do not put tails in plastic bags um, keep the tails away from flies. Best storage is in a freezer. Do not send tails until if they have been exposed to flies. I can only imagine. That's <laughs> like our yeah. garbage that one time we forgot to take it out. Right. Um, they okay. Do not put tails in plastic bags for storage or shipment. They could heat up and spoil. Yeah. The best time to ship is during cold weather months. Dried squirrel tails may be shipped anytime. Put your name, address, phone number, email address, and tail count inside each package. And please indicate whether you would like to receive the cash value for your tails or you would like to take advantage of our lure exchange program. You can simply write trade for cash or trade for lures right in there. Ship first class mail. Um, and again, like I mentioned, they will actually cover the shipping should you uh, send in over 50. And send your tails to Sheldon's Inc. at 626 Center Street, Antigo, Wisconsin, 54409. Once MAPT has received your tails, our experienced team will grade the tails as premium, average, or unsuitable. And with over 30 years of experience, you can trust that their appraisal, their appraisal will be fair and accurate. If you have indicated trade for cash, a check will be sent to you. If you've indicated trade for lures, you'll be contacted to take your lure order for the total amount. I thought we liked MAPS. What do you mean? You just shared their address. You just doxed them. <laughs> what, what is doxed? Nice. What is, funny. What is doxed? Oh, you don't know? No. It's like when you are upset with someone, so you go <laughs> online and you share their address, and then people will, like, order pizzas and send it to their house, and they'll, like, harass them. Oh. So it was a joke. Well, I, I – They posted their address, so you're obviously not doxing them. It was a joke, and you didn't get it, and you've ruined it now. Well, I only I'm get good AJ, jokes. I'm glad AJ got it. I get good jokes. <laughs> Me and Ryan are uh, joke snobs, and um, Ryan, you, what do you Sorry, get? Sorry, I'll, I'll dumb it down for the rest of the episode. 
I, if, <laughs> if your if your joke was a squirrel tail, I would say that you took the bone out and you exposed it to flies. Okay, that's good. Um, now here's the coolest thing about this whole deal, is they've got these really cool squirrel tail T-shirts. So Meps, when you see this video, our address. No, I'm not. I'm not, not going to do that to myself. But we will send you our address because I want a size medium. Hunt squirrels, recycle your tail shirt because that is one of the coolest shirts it I've is ever seen. Made out of 100% woven Cotton. squirrel hair. <laughs> squirrel, <laughs> squirrel hair. Yeah, it's a squirrel. T- it it is, and it's, like, it's only twenty dollars. I feel like that based would be the- a very itchy shirt, <laughs> <laughs> but a good lure. So, I I think it'd be really cool if we filmed a hunt cast with Meps. Yeah. So our hunt cast, because a lot of people know, uh, we have a our main TV show is on Sportsman Channel. Every uh, Tuesday morning and Saturday night at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Mm-hmm. We have a secondary show, which kind of follows a different platform. Our main TV show follows the five segments of the Greenway Gear Checklist, which is all you need for the all the gear you need for that hunting or fishing trip. The Conservation Corner covers the conservation of that species. We show you the hunting or fishing trip in a reality show style format. And we show you how to cook it in our studio kitchen. It follows that story arc every time. Whereas sometimes, like this cool thing, we want to follow a different platform and reach a different audience, which uh, our HuntCast tends to reach a younger audience. Yeah. We like to create uh, the secondary show, again, called our HuntCast. So in this case, what I would like to do is I would like to go do a squirrel hunt, possibly in Wisconsin, because I have family there too, so it would be cool to visit them. Yeah. And then I'd like to get our squirrel tails, take them through the process of taking them to the MEPS facility, mm-hmm. have them take our squirrel tails, show us how they grade them, show us how they do it, exchange them for some lures, go through the whole, like have our squirrel tail end up on lures and then use those lures and then go trout fishing or some sort of fishing because you can catch anything with the maps. They make something for everything. We could use black furies if we wanted pike. Mm -hmm. We could use, um, you know, the the trout lures that we always use, the number one silvers. You can use whatever. But I want to catch fish with the squirrel tail lures then and kind of have that all insert. That would be sweet. That would be cool. I want to do that. That would be neat. I think they will also think it's neat. Yeah. I hope they do, or I don't know what I'll do. <laughs> Something that I've always wanted to do. Or I'll take I, my squirrel business elsewhere. <laughs> <laughs> that I thought would be cool would, uh, I read a thing about hunting squirrel from a boat. Now, I don't think you can do it everywhere, but there are certain areas where you can go and either go in like a canoe and float down the river. The guy or... wants us to poach every day. I don't know what it is. <laughs> At night. We love stories about a, them, too. It's a, it's a different tactic that, that I've never tried before, and I think it'd be cool. Be kind of fun yeah. in a kayak. Yeah, just yeah. like go for a nice cruise down a river. Take a twenty-two Take, or a seventeen HMR. Or a sounds 10 like gauge. A, sounds <laughs> like an easy way to like be close to a house and not realize you're close to a house. Or yeah, you'd have to be for sure aware of your surroundings because yeah. you're moving. You're you know yeah. so it's a it's a different kind of hunt. You're gonna want to on X man. Yeah, we'll check be good on X pretty closely. Yeah, sure. Have that right up in the front. So, again, check us out on our main TV show, The Greenway Outdoors, on Sportsman Channel, Saturday nights at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. In addition to that... It's a real-life TV show. A real TV show. A real... Actual TV show. (laughs) Actual TV show. Not a YouTube channel just like this. It's a real TV show. Yeah, like this is only something else we do, Chuck. There you Um, go, Chuck. (laughs) In in addition to that, check out our HuntCast, like we just mentioned there, on Carbon TV, as well as YouTube. Check out our podcast. We are on... This is episode 71. We do this every week. You can find us with an hour-long podcast video on YouTube and Carbon TV. But if you just want to listen to it, you're missing out. You didn't get to see the squirrel T-shirt. You're upset. I'm upset. But we are on Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts. We're there as well. 
Uh, check out our, our outdoor education series. You can find it on thegreenwayoutdoors.com or on our YouTube channel if you're curious on how to do some cool things. AJ, which one are you editing right now? Uh, bleed a sockeye salmon. How to bleed a sockeye salmon and um, and fillet them. So yeah. that that's that's going to be a cool one. Yeah. Ryan, you just uh, exported one that was about um, how to um, how to clean a dungeness crab. Yeah, yeah, that one was super interesting. That one so was. That was a little more uh, involved. It was how to clean it and cook it. So we did did all of it. Yeah. We tried it. Yeah. So those are honestly we've kind of taken those from being like basic how to videos, and then kind of turned them into full on productions, like mini episodes about yeah. how to do stuff. And I I like the way they're turning out. Yeah. I think they're really yeah, they're cool. They're super educational. Where if you find yourself ever doing that, it's just like quick to the point. It, that's what you do. Right. Mm -hmm. I'd like to thank Weatherby. I'd like to thank Leupold Ram Trucks. Onyx, um, again, Onyx for that squirrel hunt is a necessity. Mm -hmm. If you haven't downloaded Onyx or you don't have the app, you need to check it out. Basically, it is an online mapping system where you can see all of the boundaries of state, public, private lands, and if it's private land, you can even see who owns it. So this can help you gain permission to mm -hmm. hunt and fish different properties and get access or even recover something that you may have already shot. Yep. In addition to that, it can keep you from trespassing. And uh, it saved us quite a few times. Best aspect of the entire application is that you can download a map and use it offline. Yeah. So that because the compass in your phone is always going to work like your location setting. Yeah. So you're able to still use that application offline. And honestly, it's it's been a giant help saved to us. Saved us several times. And then if you want to use maps, you can go buy them from Bass Pro Shops. That's very true. <laughs> I, I, I don't think I've ever actually told anyone this about my Onyx app, uh -oh. so that's why I protect Oh, okay, good. Yeah. Well, so every trip we've gone on, every location, with every single person we've ever been with, I mark the, the exact location. So, 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 so all have, across the country, I have every We have every hot spot for <laughs> yeah. every single yeah. thing we've ever done. Yeah. And gaining value. Considering we filmed over 60 episodes, that kind of makes you a monster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, again, check us out next week. Thanks so much for tuning in. Stay green.